Northern Life Center. It's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I'm honored to be here with you today. We're in our series, The Walking Dead. This is week number two. And this series, as, as with everything we do, everything that comes from this place, it has the potential to absolutely transform your life. But you have to let it. You have to let it. And I pray today that something happens that you allow God to do something inside of you that changes not just how you feel, not just a warm fuzzy for this day to get you out of here feeling good, but something happens today to change the course of your life. Because that's why we do what we do. It's not just to feel good about ourselves. It's not about just becoming the best us that we can be. It's about making a meaningful and a lasting connection with our Creator and developing a relationship with Jesus Christ that changes the course of our life. Because once you come in contact with Him and start following Him, you cannot stay the same. Who knows that to be true? You can't stay the same. So let's, let's do this together. Let's... let's Commit to this journey, and let's see how God wants to impact our lives today. We're in this series, The Walking Dead, and a couple things from last week. Pastor Andrew kicked us off last week. Zombies don't die. They keep coming, and they keep coming, and they keep coming. And when we spiritually die, this is my favorite thing from last week. We are set free from sin. Is anybody excited about that? Is anybody else excited about the greatest do-over in history, that we get, that we get a, a brand new life through Jesus? Sin will no longer be our master. Who's experienced sin ruling and reigning in your life and dictating what you do and who you are? Sin doesn't have to be your master anymore. How encouraging and empowering is that? So all this month, we're going to talk about areas of our life that that we need to die in so that we can be what God, God has called us to be. In 1 Peter 2, 9, Scripture says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into what? Into marvelous light. He's called us out of a dark life of sin. He's called us... Out of what has slowed us down, what has stopped us, and what has separated us from, he's called us out of all of those things, and we're special. Everybody say, I'm special, in a good way. In a good way. I'm special in a good way, and I'm excited that Jesus changed my life. I'm excited that Jesus has changed my life. Before I go too very far, look at this video. Rats with wings. I've been looking for his boy Nemo. Nemo? He was taken off the reef by divers and this They're crazy. taking it, Harry! Hey, hey, say that again. You just said something about Nemo. What was it? Fight, fight, fight! Mine! It's obviously a scene from the great movie Finding Nemo. The birds are concerned with one thing. What is it? Whatever it is, is mine. Right? It's mine. I'm going I'm to sneeze in a minute, so just bear with me. The birds are concerned with one thing, and it's what they want. 
There's a mission afoot to find Nemo because Nemo is lost, but they're concerned with only one thing, and that's all they can focus on is what they want. That irritating tone, mine, right? Today I'm going to talk about something that really holds us back, and you're not going to immediately identify with it. I promise you're not going to. You're not going to say, oh, this is me. You're not going to say, oh, I have a problem with this. It's not going to click right away, but this can completely remove you from the will of God for your life. It's selfishness. Selfishness is not a nice word. And immediately when I said it, some of you had a, a, a reaction to it, and some of you immediately said, well, I'm not selfish. Why? I, I can just tune out. If Ravens are coming on at 1 o'clock. I can just pregame in my head. No, you can't. It's not a nice word, and it's actually offensive. It's a word that if you use it when you're having a disagreement with someone, you call them selfish. Who's done that? Who's made that mistake? You're just selfish. That didn't put the argument on a good path. It, it further propelled you down the road of hate and discontent because you called someone selfish. Selfish means this. You're concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself. Seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others, arising from concern with one's own welfare or advantage in disregard of others. I know this doesn't sound like you. It doesn't sound like you. It just doesn't. It doesn't sound like anyone you know or anyone in our society. No one wants to admit being selfish. Some of you just look right past yourself and thought of someone that you know. And you think that person, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's Kendall. She's a really selfish girl. She's not really, but you know, I, I, I'm confident in using her as an example. You thought about somebody in your mind, in your life that you deal with that you believe is selfish. And it's not you. We could never be selfish because we're good people, right? We're Christians. We're believers. We love Jesus. Let's get some perspective. Our society has given us every single tool and method available to cater to ourselves, and we take advantage of it. We love to do it, actually. I know none of us in the room are selfish, but listen to what's available to us. And, 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 and I'm sorry, listen to what's available to the people you pictured. When I defined selfish just a few moments ago, we have over 400 television stations and numerous live options or canned options or Hulu or Amazon or Netflix so we can watch what we like. We have a ton of places to go to eat if we so choose. We can fulfill any craving for food that we have. We have fast food. Then we have nice fast food like Cadoba or Noodles and Company. That's nice fast food. That's not like, that's nice fast food. We have sit down budget food. We have nicer sit down food and we have expensive food. There's something for every palate, every budget, and every schedule. If we don't want to go out, we can go to any number of grocery stores and buy what we want to fix if we choose not to leave our house. We don't have to. We have no less than five to ten stores and service companies that will shop for and deliver our groceries. Who's bought jeans recently? Man, when I was little, you, you bought regular or husky? 
You had two choices. It's like being a Republican or a Democrat. You got two choices. Why just two choices? I'm not, gonna, I'm not going political, but why do we only have two choices? I don't like either one of them. Not going there. But when, when we go to buy jeans, I can't stand either one of them. Let's just put that out there. We, we, we get standard denim. Okay, let's back up. We can choose boot cut, baggy, carpenter, slim, relaxed slim, skinny, and super skinny. I don't fit the last section there. We can even get standard denim, or we can get stretch denim. If our weight fluctuates, those are a godsend. Because now you can put on your stretch denim and go to Thanksgiving dinner and not have to loosen your belt. Because you don't have to wear one because it's stretch denim. That is a beautiful thing. And that's just one piece of clothing that we wear. Imagine the possibilities. It's a shopper's paradise. If you're addicted to shopping, you are in paradise. We have Dunkin', Starbucks, Panera, Royal Farms, 7-Eleven, and Wawa just to get a coffee. And when we go in, we can get regular, light, skinny, one, two, four, ten shots. Whatever we choose. Go Pastor Andrew before church. How about select comfort? We can be married and sleep in the same bed and choose the number one to ten for each side, heated, cool, doesn't matter. You have all the options you want to have. Why? Just to make it like you want it. And that's just a sampling of options that we have for things just the way we want them. And woe to the person who messes things up. Last week, I like Duncan. I like Duncan a lot. And last week, I, 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 have, I have a favorite Duncan that nobody makes coffee as good as they do. And I was in a different place and couldn't go to my Duncan. So I had to go to a drive-thru of a different. So on my, way to, on my way to the drive-thru, I got my phone and used my app and ordered my coffee. So I go to the drive-thru. They hand me my coffee. It's got my name on the side of it from my app. It's a beautiful thing. And, and I, I get, you know, I drive away and I look at my coffee. I put my straw in and, and I'm about to take a drink and I'm smiling because it's going to be good. And I take a drink and it's weak. Now, I had already pulled away. What did I do? I made a U-turn. And I went back, not in the store, I went back to the drive-thru. And I said, can you make this stronger, please? It's not right. I was nice about it, but I made sure because I had the app and I'm getting points and I, my money's in the app and it wasn't the way I liked it. So I made sure, I went back and made sure it was like I wanted it. No, I'm not selfish. I'm not self-centered, nor am I spoiled. I'm all three. And let's be honest, all of us in this room are. We live, in, we live in a perfect environment for Satan to exploit our natural tendencies to being self-centered and downright selfish. Going back to my opening scripture, God is calling us out of the darkness of selfishness. Last week, Pastor Andrew shared Romans 6. We're going to read verse 12. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Selfish, selfishness will make you a miserable person. It'll make you an unbearable person. Don't let that take control of your, of your life and do that to you. Listen to this story in Matthew 19. And some of y'all think you know where I'm going, but you don't. I promise. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, Why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, or if you, if you want to enter heaven, keep the commandments. Which ones, he asked. Jesus replied, Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. 
Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this dude is feeling good about himself because he was a keeper of the law. He had done all of those things. And he's, his back got a little straighter. His shoulders got a little more square. He said, Jesus, all of these things I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. This is the perfect example of someone thinking they had it all together. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I do this, and I help this person, and I go to church, and I love Jesus. But it's, it's Jesus in this passage illuminating something that this, this, this character flaw that this young man had that he didn't realize that he had. And see, all of us came in this room today, not even, selfishness was nowhere on our radar. It was nowhere on our radar. But God is going to use something today to show you how we are used to being catered to and we love it and how it can impact and deter us from what God wants to do in our life. In this case, the guy was following the letter of the law but obviously struggled with selfishness. And Jesus touched the one thing that this dude couldn't do. The one trip he couldn't make, Jesus said, okay, there. There's that one nerve I'm going to get on. He could not die to his selfishness. And he walked away from God sad. We, in this room, are generally, we're into ourselves, man. Even if it doesn't feel, let's, let's get outside of our comfort zone for a minute because this doesn't feel comfortable to admit. We're into ourselves a bit. And, and I'm not here today to talk about Starbucks and fast food and grocery stores. It doesn't matter which media outlet you use for viewing as long as it's healthy and clean. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that you are unselfishly unselfishly investing yourself into the kingdom of God. That's what matters. What matters is that we're crucifying this flesh that wants to rise up and have everything that we want and everything cater to us. That's what matters, that we're doing that. What does matter is that we pull off our mask. Pull off our own mask and take off our rose-colored glasses that we tend to look at ourselves with. I look at my neighbors pretty harshly sometimes, but I, I like to look at myself in the very best light, give myself every benefit of the doubt, take advantage of all the grace I can find. But man, if you step out of line, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what's going on in your life. That's how we as fleshly humans live. But take off the rose-colored glasses, pull off the mask, and look at yourself with the eyes that are clean and open and give yourself a reality check. Look, look, look at how... You invest yourself. I'm looking, I've been looking at how I invest myself. We only have three things to give God. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. Don't shut up. I'm not talking about money today. Rest. Rest. I'm not talking about your money. That's all we have to give God. I want you to ask yourself today, am I generous with what I give God or am I selfish with what I give God? Does he come first in my life or does he get leftovers or does he get anything at all? We have to be careful in this self-centered, self-geared society that we don't predetermine areas of our life that God can't have priority 
Okay, I'll, I'll go to church, but I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to go to church on Sunday. I'm going to be saved. But anything else beyond that, I can't, I can't commit to anything else beyond Sunday morning. I'm not going to church during Raven season because they play at one, and I got to tailgate and all that kind of stuff, and I got to get, I got to get, you know, people coming over. I got to get ready for the game, and we're having a party, and I'm, I just can't get there. And I'm not talking about money today, but the third thing is they're not. I'm gonna go to church, but they're not getting my money. I've been on that road before; it's not happening. Am I allowing selfishness to dictate my level of commitment to Jesus Christ? Let's contrast the first story with the second one in John chapter 6. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him because he already had a plan. Philip answered, It would take more than half a year's wages. That's a lot of money. I don't care how much money you make. It would take half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. A bite. Not a happy meal, a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and said, Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass. They sat down. About 5,000 men were there. You got five loaves of bread and two fish, and 5,000 people sitting in the grass. That's a problem. Two fish and five small loaves wouldn't feed this room. It might not feed me. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Who can eat? Some of y'all can put it. Some of y'all can put it back. Yeah, we like to eat. This kid had a lunch. Five thousand men sitting in the grass. Jesus had a plan. Have them sit down. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. That's my kind of buffet. We went to a buffet up in Pennsylvania, up in Amish country. And oh my goodness, it, there had to be like a thousand feet of buffet. Mm. He gave them as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are what? Gather the pieces that are left over and let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves. And they're still referring to five loaves. The pieces of the five loaves that were left by those who had eaten. And verse 14, here it is. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. All of that transpired for verse 14. The whole thing, the whole scene played out so Jesus could be glorified and identified. And what a contrasting event that from the first guy, this rich young dude that had this stuff, and Jesus said, sell it, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. He went away sad because he couldn't do that. But this, this kid had this, this lunch. He gave it. And this, the disciples' first reaction was, it'll take half a year's wages to buy food for all these people. But Jesus had a plan. And Jesus did his thing, and 12 baskets left over. The Bible doesn't say this, but I believe in my heart. I believe with everything in me that that, 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 that little boy or young kid or teenager, whatever he was, I believe he got some of the leftovers. Wouldn't that, stay, wouldn't that logic hold with you? That if he gave what he had to Jesus and Jesus performed the miracle, that he's getting to, he's getting to take a piece home. Because he gave all and Jesus did Jesus things with it. 
and they had a miracle. And the, the results that contrast, they speak for themselves. Because when selfishness is defeated and when it is dead, miracles happen. Take this trip with me. When selfishness is defeated and when it dies, miracles happen. All for the result of verse 14, that Jesus is glorified and people follow him. That's the whole reason why we do what we do. This is walking dead material here. This is dying to selfishness and trusting God. The boy has a lunch, not three, not four. He's not giving out of his abundance. He's giving what he has in his hand. He gave it. Listen to what else Jesus said in John chapter 12. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Listen to the message. Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. Here's the deal. Let's bring this home. We pray this prayer, and we pray these prayers for God to multiply us, and for God to bless us, and for God to take us to the next level, right? To multiply our finances, to bless us exceeding, we love the scripture, bless me exceeding abundantly more than I can even ask or think. And we can go on and on and on about the, the prayers of blessing that we pray over ourselves and over our family and, and the promises in the Bible that we want to claim. But here's the deal. Most people want to harvest a thousand bushels, but we don't want to die. And there's the lead balloon. We want the promises of God, and we want the blessings of God, and, and, and we, we want everything in the Bible that's been promised to us. I, I've heard this statement. I, I, want, I want everything that I'm going after. Whatever is mine, I'm going after it to get it. And you know what I hear today? Mine, 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 mine. Don't twist this. I believe that every child of God should be blessed. I believe that when we follow biblical principles in our life, that God has no option but to bless us. I believe that. I believe you should make good money. I believe you should have retirement. I believe all those things should happen. But in the context of what we do, Matthew 6.33, what's it say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Where is God in your life? Is he behind your sleep number? Is he behind your 400 channels? Is he behind coffee the way you want it? I don't know how your life is. I don't know how you live Monday through Saturday. But I know this. We tend to be selfish and our world caters to it. We all want the big harvest. But what are we sowing into that harvest to get the harvest? We want the, multi the multiplication miracle without the investment. And it's nothing but our flesh being alive and well in us, ruling us. Because that's what it does. It rules us. It wants to be gratified. It wants to have what it wants. But, but, if we become like the walking dead, dead to our sin, 
dead to our selfishness, dead to having to have things the way we want them, dead to the me first attitude, dead to the I'm getting mine no matter what attitude. See, we don't like to hear this. By default. Everybody say default. That just means when you do this, this will happen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and, 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 and turn from their wicked ways. If, and, 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 then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will, not might, I will heal their land. Not if they're good enough, not if they behave. If this happens, then I will. It's like geometry. Who hates geometry? The theorems, if and then. Oh, the worst, one of the worst years of my life was geometry. And I like math. There's your biggest one right there. If my people will do this, then I will do this. If we do what God has asked us to do, if we crucify our flesh like Paul said he did, if we die to our sin, if we die to ourselves, if we become dead men walking, then God will do what God does. Jesus took that lunch and fed thousands of people. When we give God what we have, Jesus, things happen. Because he said, I will. I will do this. The rich young man was basically asking Jesus for his next level. I've done this, God. What's next? What's my next blessing? What's my next level? What, what are you going to bestow on me for all the faithfulness that I've given you? I'm ready to go to the next level. Level me up, Jesus. It's like Mario or something. Level me up, Jesus. What's your, what's your, what's your next step? We always say, you don't have to look 10 steps down the road. What's your next step? What's the next thing that God is asking? What's the next thing that God is showing you in your life? I pray that during this time today that God will show you something in your life that you need to get under control, that you need to change in order to draw closer to him, in order to be more like him. And I promise you this, the closer you get to Jesus, the less like you you'll become. The problem is some of you like yourselves a lot. You like your lifestyle a lot. You like promiscuity a lot. Oh, see, I told you I wasn't going for money today. Some of y'all talk about money, talk about money. No. Because talking about lifestyle is where we live. And talking about fornication and adultery and promiscuity and all those things, that makes us very uncomfortable. Because we, the, deal, the real deal is a lot of people want to keep that in Jesus at the same time. You can't have both. I'm talking about dead men walking. See, the, 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 the mindset that I can have all of that and have Jesus, you're very much alive. My flesh is very much alive when I live how I want Monday through Saturday and come in here and try to be something else on Sunday morning. I'm not dead to my sin when that happens. But when I have a meeting with Jesus, when I spend time with him, and I'm going to challenge you at the end of this, when I do those things, things change in my life. You can't hate somebody if you're praying for them. Oh. You can't do it. When you're feeling temptation, you pull out God's word and read a couple scriptures, it will go away. 
Because the scripture says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The problem is most of the time we don't resist him. Twist my arm, Satan. Make it fun. Make me feel good. And then we're, we're on the crazy train. And all kinds of craziness going on in our life. Jesus told that young man what was required and he couldn't do it because he enjoyed his lifestyle. Some of you sitting here today can't get close to Jesus because you enjoy your lifestyle and you refuse to take the steps necessary to get where you need to go. Here's what I know and God is speaking today. God is wanting to grow people in this community. He's wanting you to take your next step that he's already showed you what it is. He's wanting to grow you to the next level of spiritual authority. Some of you, God has, God has stuff for you to do. He has things for you to speak to. He has power to give you, but he can't give it to you where you are. Because you're not dead yet. He wants to grow people. I believe this with all of my heart. He wants to grow you to the next level of blessing, but he can't bless you because you're not faithful with what he's already given you. He can't grow you. He can't. It's bad to say God can't. Because through Christ, I can do all things because he gives me strength. With God, nothing is impossible. So am I saying false things about God? No. He's a principled God. Until we're faithful where we are. Until we are faithful with what he's already given us, we will not be given anything else. If you have, if you're, if you have kids, if you've had kids, wherever you are in your journey with that, and you give your kid a plate of food, and you cut their meat up, and it's there, and you got the divider so the food doesn't touch, and they're happy, and, and, and they take two bites, and they still have food on their plate, and they have the chicken there, and the peas there, and applesauce over here, and they take one bite of chicken, I want more chicken, and they got eight pieces left on their plate. What do you do as a parent? If you give more chicken, you're a bad parent. Let's just put that out there. That creates entitlement. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, I got to clap on that. <laughs> Come on. But if your kid has eight pieces of chicken left, you're not going to give the kid more chicken. Why? Because they haven't eaten that chicken. That just doesn't make sense. At that point, you're wasting resources. You're wasting food, and people need that food. You don't, you don't do that until we're faithful where we are, until we are good stewards with what God has given us. What am I talking about? You, your life, your lifestyle, until we're faithful with our time. See, we don't talk about this much. You'd rather me go after money right now, I promise. Until we're faithful with our time. Who gets the weekly screen report? Can you turn that off? Is it possible to turn the weekly screen? I'm, I'm honestly asking because it kicks me every Sunday morning right in the rear end. Because it'll say you're down 9%. I'm like, yes. And it says for a total of blah, blah, blah per day. I'm like, oh. I'm all excited about the. I got it this morning. I'm down 9% from last week. Isn't that awesome? Let me be transparent, but it's still over three hours a day. And some of you probably spend 15 minutes on your phone a day. But some of you right now are saying, I wish I was at three hours because it's more like 10. Let's be real. 
I just told you my screen time average for last week. We can be real, right? When we are faithful with the time that God has given us. When we are faithful with the talent that God has given us. What area are you strong in that this community needs? What do you do well that God wants to redeem for his purpose, not just for your wallet? Oh, see, but I have to do this and this and this, and by the time I do all this, then I'm tired. Yeah, so was he when he carried his cross. Ouch. I know. But this, this, when, when we get real with Jesus, that's where this hits us. And I'm hurried. I know you want me to shut up and, and, and stop. But when we get real and we say, am I really dying to my selfishness because I want all of my time? Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm stingy with my time? We've heard those words. I'm not going to ask who said those words. I'm stingy with my time. God needs some of your time. He wants to redeem some of your time for God things. He wants your talent. He gave them to you for a purpose. Yes, they serve you. Yes, they make you money, but he wants to redeem those things for his kingdom and for this community. And I'll, I'll lightly touch resources. He's given you those things for a reason. And some of you make $25,000 and you want 50. Some make 50 and you want 100. Some make 100 and you want 150. Some make 150 and you want 300. All those things. Until you're faithful where you are, you're not getting the next step. That's just how it is. Until I'm faithful with what he's given me, he can't bless me with more. And if we're too selfish to do what he's asked us to do, then we have no right to ask him for anything else. Because when that kid's sitting there eating that chicken, and they take two bites, and they ask you for more chicken, mom and dad, you're a little bit incredulous. What? I'm not giving you more chicken until you eat that chicken. Come on, parents. I know this is a little bit tough, but that's how we feel. I don't want to give you more chicken until you eat that chicken. Same principle. Last week while I was driving back and forth at work, I listened to a book, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing because it's not, it's not just general church material, but the first question of the book was this. Are you blessable? And I hit pause. I'm like, am I blessable? Yeah, I'm blessable. I'm all right. But the more I thought and the more I listened, I had questions. That's a loaded question. And we're not going to unpack that today, but put that in the back of your mind. Am I blessable? I, we all think we're pretty special, don't we? It's a loaded question. I wasn't quite prepared. But I, I would like to think I am, but the more closer I look, the less confident I become in those things sometimes. Today, we need to come to the realization that we need less of us and more of him. What's the opposite of selfishness? Selflessness or generosity. Instead of being selfish with our time, be generous with our time. Instead of being selfish with our talent, be generous with our talent. Instead of being selfish with our resources, be generous with those resources. Help me, God, to kill selfishness in my life that prevents me from, from spending time with you, from serving you, and from giving to you. I promise you God has a purpose for you today. It's his big plan. But our self centeredness, if that's a word, 
will prevent that from happening. And sometimes we look like the birds in Nemo. There's a purpose. There's a plan. And God has it. But where's what we're saying? Mine, 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 mine. This is where we start dying to selfishness. Because it's the opposite of generosity. And generosity is what Jesus displayed over and over and over. Love and generosity are going to break the back of selfishness. Proverbs 11 says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I heard of a case of a guy that lives in Texas. Not a pastor, just a dude, business owner. And he told his pastor, I'm going to try to outgive God. He said he's been trying for 25 years. He said he can't do it. The more he gives, the more God gives him. He said he signs contracts. He said he used to sign contracts for $25,000, dollars $75,000. Now he signs contracts for $10, $15 million. And he said he gives millions of dollars to the work of the Lord. He said, but he cannot outgive God. I'm not telling you to empty your checking account. I'm not, I'm not telling you anything like that. But when you live by a principle that's in the word of God, when you give him your time, he's going to bless your time. When you give him your talent, he's going to bless that. When you give him resources, he's going to bless that. He has no choice but to do that because he said, test me and see if I won't. Test me and see if I won't. I want you to hear this. Here's your challenge for this week. I'm going to say it before we pray. Identify something in each category this week and give that to God. If you, if you give Jesus no time, if your average day, you don't spend any time meditating, praying, worshiping, give him 15 minutes. Start there. Set a timer in your phone and give Jesus 15 minutes of your day. If you give him 15, give him 30. Do something to increase what you're doing with your time and your relationship with Jesus. In your service with your talents, find something you can physically do for this community. If you already do, give it some extra effort. But find something to do that will help this community. If you don't tithe, if you don't give anything financial, now is a great time to start. If you do, do something extra. Be generous. Be more kind than normal. Buy someone's coffee. Do something for somebody. Be unselfish. Stop looking just after what you want, after how you feel, after what you're after. And just like the zombie, selfishness will come back. But we're going to keep killing it with generosity and with love. And the end result of this will be blessings. Blessings for all of us. But the biggest result will be that God is glorified and that people will follow him. Because that's our purpose. Once we're saved, it's to bring other people, more people, to Christ and let him make a difference in their life. Today, When I first started, you may have been like, there's no way I'm selfish. There's no way I, I identify with any of this. But I think by the time I'm finished, you can identify with this. You can feel this. You can feel the heart of this. It's not about 
It's not about checking boxes. It's not about modifying your behavior. It's about something happening, a transaction happening in your heart and God changing the way you think. Romans 12, 2 says what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How you think, how you feel. So you can prove the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God in your life. What does your mind control? How you think and how you feel. Be tr let God transform those things in you. If you think differently, if you feel differently, you will be what? You'll be different.